Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 169. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. everybody and welcome back to another episode of help i got a mac my name is cliff ravenscraft and i'm chris biting we're here each and every week to talk about brand new topics related to apple if there's anything going on in the news new product releases new software updates tips and tricks on how to use macs more effectively in your life and if you're a brand new mac user we're here to answer your questions as well Now, of course, this week is going to be a very short show, probably no more than 10 minutes because nothing happens to be going on in the Apple world, it seems like, these days. (laughs) (laughs) Not. Actually, uh, you know what? We're going to have to contain ourselves and try to see if we can uh, keep from going to a five-hour episode because I know (laughs) neither of us has that available in our our schedule, but uh, there's certainly enough content to keep us busy Chris, I think probably for at least the next five to ten weeks. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's an it's an awesome time to be a, a, an Apple uh, enthusiast. It is absolutely a wonderful time to be an Apple enthusiast. So, uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about your initial reactions to the you know Happy Steve Day that took place well, on what was that Monday? Yeah, let's first talk. All, all this week is the Worldwide Developer Conference, which is an Apple uh, Apple puts on an event every year in San Francisco for all the developers of you know uh, Mac OS X, uh, Mac iOS, or I'm not Mac iOS um, for for iOS, you know, iPod, um, iPhone, and iPad, and uh, they all get together. They learn. You know, they take sessions, they learn stuff from Apple engineers. There's over a thousand Apple engineers there to answer questions and do demos and do do classes and stuff. Uh, but generally, the big highlight is there's a keynote every year, and normally it's something big. And this year it was three big things. And, three, uh, not mm-hmm. just one, not just two, but three big things. Right. And four, if you count that Steve was going to come out, you know, he's been on indefinite medical leave. And uh, he was going to kind of preside over the whole thing uh, with a cast of, of executives. And so that was Monday. And uh, I don't know about you, but I blocked out time to watch it. Well, watch the live blogs because they didn't put the stream up until a few hours later, which I did watch. I got, and, some, of the, I got some of the live stream that was happening. Uh, I got together with um, Daniel Hodges. Uh, he goes by Thor uh, in our Thor. community. And he and I were broadcasting live over at gspn.tv slash live as it was all happening. Nice. I was at a coffee shop. I know we were we were following your. I think he he was turned on to one of the blog live blogs that you were. Yeah, you were I, I was at. using uh, thisismynext.com, which was a fantastic blog. It's basically all the good people from um, Engadget all left. Yeah, you know, Neil Patel and all those guys, and uh, they they're forming this new this new site. And right now it's just at a place called thisismynext.com. So, but uh, yeah, they watched. We watched it. Steve came out. It sounded kind of weak, and you know he's still not doing real good. Uh, but you know he was there, so that's awesome. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> he he you know he did a couple like welcome, you know this that and the other. He's like we got three things to talk about, and the first one is, and this is how we're we're gonna start in order of how the WWDC happened, Cliff. All I right. think we should talk about Lion first, which is not called Mac OS ten Lion now. It's just OS ten Lion. OS OS ten Lion. Yep, they, they dropped the Mac from the name, which is weird, but, you know, whatever. Okay. So, that, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Go ahead. That one, that doesn't bother me as much. Um, And, you know, I want to say that I am a lot more excited about this new operating system than I had initially thought I would be. You know, we were we were debating. There was a couple of us um, that were kind of talking, you know, sidebar. I think Eric Fisher yeah. and myself were asking, like, you know, we can already hear Cliff complain about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I because you were kind of a curmudgeon a little bit for for Snow Leopard at first. I, I was, and I think rightfully so. I mean, there there were some software, like I said, there there was a whole blog out there that that most people were refreshing daily to find out when it was okay to upgrade because there was a lot of in, incompatibility. Right, and I I think much like Snow Leopard, this isn't like a huge under the engine overhaul. Right. 
you know, th- this operating system's over 10 years old now. It's super refined. So line is along the same same lines. You know, some some very significant changes, but uh, you know, it's it's still not like wiping everything out and starting all over again. Mm-hmm. Well, I I tell you what, there are some things that I saw in in Leopard or in what, Lion that <laughs> make me absolutely want this, and I want it today. Yeah, and yeah. the 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 one is persistent saving. So you know the the actual you know being able to save a document, save a document, save a document, all of this without actually hitting the save button, you know the save functionality. Not not only that, saving the state in which you close the program. Yeah, well, I, I love that too. But it's just the that that that's a cool little add-on. To be honest with you, it, it's a cool little bonus. But it's it, but it's actually the, just the persistent saving because there are times when heaven forbid my electric just goes out for even just a split second mm-hmm. and my my computer shuts down and I was in the middle of working on something and right. and I you know it was maybe five minutes ago before I hit Command S and it's like oh, I just lost five minutes of work and that was an important five minutes mm-hmm. especially when I'm typing up something so so I love this idea of persistent saving. And the other thing that I'm totally want right away, and that is the whole um, versions, ver- various versions of the files. So you can kind of time machine in a way back to prior versions of your document, with which I kind of have prior versions, mm-hmm. but not not in the way that I think Lion's going to do it. For example, I can go into Time Machine and I can go back to an hour ago. But if I'm not mistaken, my versions, if I've been working on a document for one hour, well, Time Machine's only going to have maybe one, two, or even three, or at the most, maybe four versions of my document. But if I've been working on a document for an hour, um, there's a good chance that I could actually go back, you know, seven minutes ago and get back what I had seven minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. And I love that. I think it's awesome. So I'm that, so happy with this whole thing. So th- that's something I love with Lion. Uh, the other thing I love with Lion um, was the, ex- exactly what you're talking about. It's the um, not just opening one, having the program save in one place. Uh, like um, so, so basically, if I have pages open and I have a document and I had like a section of that highlighted and I accidentally close it, let's just say. I, let's just say I was getting ready to go somewhere else and copy and then I was gonna paste in my document and the place, the source from, you know, maybe the website from which I just pulled up real quickly, uh, mm-hmm. maybe that source, I'm done with that. So I go ahead and hit um, Command Q to close that browser window because I no longer need it anymore. Right. But boom, I just Command Q'd uh, my pages document and I accidentally went ahead did command Q enter because I knew it was going to ask me if I wanted to close or if I was sure and so I just did it I don't know if you've right. ever done that before I but, have not but I, I have I, I just get really fast sometimes with my keystrokes and and I get so crazy that it's like ah no I gotta go back <laughs> oh I didn't mean to do that yep and so I, I, I have that happen to me all the time and so what what I love about this is that an application is going to uh, if I close it, pages document, it's going to open up the last document and it's going to be in the same state as when I closed it, regardless if I hit save or not. Right. So I love that. But here's the even better thing. That, that eh, okay. But here's, here's what I got right now. I've got my, I've got Chrome with, uh, you know, with a bunch of pin tabs, but then I got a bunch of open tabs. I've got you know, wonder list open. I've got my, I've got like seven different programs running right now on my secondary 23 inch monitor. The, you know, I have, I've got it broken into four quadrants and I've got four equally sized, um, windows of software open, uh, just as a, you know, just my little dashboard of different things that, you know, I got iTunes open. I've got just a bunch of different things open. And all of a sudden it's like, I get this software update. Well, you know what? I've got five minutes of downtime you know, I, I, you know, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to grab myself a diet Coke and, and a snack, and I'm going to come back down and, and work on the next thing on my to do to do list. Right. But it says software updates. Like I'm not going to do a software update because <laughs> I'm going to have, I'm going to have to reopen all my windows again. I'm going to have to reopen all my programs. So now when, when, or when Mac shuts down, when it comes back, it actually comes back, back 
exactly the way it was when it was shut down. Mm-hmm. That is going to be awesome. Yeah, it is. It's, I, I love it. Safe states, brilliant. Um, full screening, I could care less, although I think I'm going to like it when I see it. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, uh, yeah, it, there, there's certain, there's certain apps that I use that, um, I would love to have, you know, be considered in full screen mode. You know, it's a lot of the pro apps open up individual, it looks like it's in full screen mode, but it's a bunch of little individual windows mm-hmm. and it gets so annoying. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this. Yeah, I, I think I like I like this idea of full screen. The only thing is, is a lot of I mean, I can do like I can maximize to fill my screen. It's not necessarily full screen. And to be honest mm-hmm. with you, the their 27 inch iMac, it's like a lot of blank space or it, it's kind of just, you know, too much. I, I really don't know that I want a lot of applications running at 27 inches. Right. You know, even even a high photo, I, I kind of prefer seeing a little space, but then still seeing some other real estate on my screen now that I have this 27 inch iMac. So I don't know that I really care about that, although it kind of seems like full screening is going to take place of spaces. Yeah, well, because I think c- command center uh, mission control is going to take take place of spaces. Well, I think mission control and, and full screen mode kind of are all in one, all in the same thing. So for example, when I take, let's just say I have my Chrome browser and I go full screen with it and, you know, and then all of a sudden I, I, I go back to command center, which is my desktop and I go full screen with uh, Photoshop elements and then I go full screen with something else and something else, Adobe Audition. Well, then, if I'm not mistaken, I could actually do Command Center and I can do swiping left, swiping right to from one full screen app to the next full screen app, which is, in essence, what I is what Spaces was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in a way, I think that that might be cool. But at the same time, I'm so used to using the interface of multiple windows and and uh, lots of screen real estate. Now, where it would be amazing is on an 11-inch MacBook Air. Oh yeah, definitely. Where you where, where real estate is a is a um, is a premium. Exactly. So I, I could see loving it there and on smaller monitors. But on a 27-inch, I'm not sure that I'm crazy about full screen. Um, Mission Control looks good. I don't know about. I don't know that I like the idea of the dashboard being tucked away, where you have to go into Mission Control and then go into a tab inside of there. Um, I hope that there's still a button that I can just click one button and boom, I've got my dashboard. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Because my. I got oh yeah. A, I got a calculator there that I just use all the time, and it's one button press to get to my calculator. Right. Yeah, mm. I, uh, we're going to have to see. I think gesturing is going to be like a huge, huge thing on this. You know, four finger swipe up, four finger swipe down. You know, if you're using a, tr- a trackpad or if you're using the magic trackpad. Yeah, the magic mouse, you mean? No, no, the magic track, the big trackpad. Oh, yeah. I, that's one thing I really don't like. I do not like multi-touch gestures. And mm-hmm. and maybe a year from now, you're going to hear me convincing other people who say, I really don't like multi-touch gestures. And I say, oh, you'll get used to it. And it's the greatest thing in the world. But right now, I'm going to be one of those people that says, I really hate it. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, okay, the, I'm okay with two, two finger gestures. Um, I like pinching. I like, zo- you know, zooming. Um, I'm good at, you know, doing a double tap on my trackpad. Mm-hmm. But but man, just just the idea of memorizing is like okay, that's three fingers up. No no no, it was four fingers up. Uh, no, uh, three f- fingers sideways. Does that? No, <laughs> oh crap! I'll put ten fingers on. I, I, I get confused. Right. And so it's a little overwhelming to think of. I mean, r- when you start thinking of you know four fingers and up, down, left, right. How? I mean, you start. It's like man, there's like how many combinations of things that you can do with the fingers on one hand. And I know that that sounds amazing to some people, but to me, it just sounds overwhelming. Right. I'll get used to it. I like it. Cool. All right. (laughs) Fair enough. Cool. All All right. right. So Mac app store is adding in at purchases. What do you think about this? I think it's fine. I'm not Uh, happy about it. Why? Well, okay. 
I think it's fine for the uh, for the iPhone or for the uh, App Store, I the normal don't. App Store. I hate it. I hated it as soon as they added it. It's like you know, I'm a flat fee kind of guy. I like to know what I'm getting when I get it. And so before in-app purchases came out on the iPhone and iPad, it's like you you go and you're looking at an application, you decide whether or not you want it, and you decide based upon the price that's listed. It's like, right. uh, yeah, I'll take that. And now all of a sudden you're buying apps for $1.99, and then you get in there and it's $4.99 for an in-app purchase to add functionality. And I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah, that's that's kind of shady. And and now there's tons and tons and tons of free applications in the iPhone store, and they all have you know. It, it, there's nothing worse than going in. It's like I, I look through you know the top free applications, and the and the you click on the detail, and it's like oh top in app purchased application. I'm like I don't what that that's not a selling point. That just means that these people are the best at, at swindling you into buying crap inside the application. <laughs> exactly. And I don't mind paying for stuff. It's just charge me up front for it. If your application right. is good enough. And and I guess I see, you know, the try before you buy deal. And maybe it's Apple's fault for not giving us the ability to get a refund if we don't like something. But I, I just want to say that I'm just not crazy about in-app purchases. I, it's like I want full functionality and I want to buy an app and just tell me what the price is. I understand. That's fair enough. Cool. Cool. All right. Delta updating. What do you think about that? Delta updating is fine with me. That just means that your updates aren't going to be aren't going to be super giant. That's awesome stuff. Explain to people what delta updating is. Well, normally, and this will really apply on the iOS stuff. Uh, delta updates mean it. All it does is the the code when you download an update is just the changes. And that's it. Like right now, when there's a new version of the, you know, of iOS, you have to download the whole, you know, you have to re-download all of iOS. So your downloads are 700 megs or so. Now your downloads are going to be, you know, a hundred, not a hundred, like, you know, 10 megs or a meg or a couple, you know, kilobytes, depending on, you know, how big the change is. Right. So Delta updates are good just because they're, they're much, much faster. And, and so Delta updates is only for the iOS itself or is it also delta updates for applications that too okay so your applications will be will be you know will update much faster too that's good and the and delta updates are coming to lion too as well right i believe so yeah okay i just wanted to make sure i understood so so yeah delta updates allows us to install just the changes made to software so it's just going to go in and overwrite the files it's kind of like updating upgrading wordpress for those of us who are very you know used to that it kind of just goes in and overwrites the files and adds the new files that are necessary and it kind of leaves the old stuff there exactly if it's unchanged yeah and uh what well, you know that that's a feature that you know some people aren't really going to notice one I, I think some of the bigger bigger features though is things like airdrop airdrop is going to be cool um air, explain what airdrop is airdrop uh let's say you've got a couple of macs on your on your home network right now all are on your wi-fi one two three four in our house right and even right now it's kind of a pain to like share documents like if your wife wants you to send her a picture or a word doc or something right now it's you know you have to email it to her or right. put it on a thumb drive right yep well now when you go in and finder um you just click the airdrop icon on the finder sidebar and your mac automatically discovers other airdrop users within 30 feet because it uses wi-fi uh and the share a file you simply drag it to the person's name they get a little pop-up that says hey stephanie cliff wants to send a file is this okay you click yes and boom it downloads it that's cool. Now, it's peer-to-peer. Peer-to-peer. Now, the cool thing, I mean, now, you could have done this before by having a shared network drive and stuff like that and just drag it in there and pull it out of that network drive and stuff like that. But yeah, this is definitely much easier. Oh, absolutely. And if I'm not mistaken, this is kind of cool when you go to like a conference and you hook into a Wi-Fi area, you know, and you're all sharing the same Wi-Fi and you're on your Macs, you can do some airdropping with, between users, I would assume. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, because it's just kind of a little ad hoc uh, peer-to-peer network, and it's all encrypted. So you know, so so someone else on the network trying to do nefarious things aren't going to see what you're what you're transmitting. 
Now, what would be awesome if there was some sort of airdrop capabilities within our iPhones, because that that would be cool to be able to just say, you know what, let me uh, let me just airdrop that over to you on your phone. Mm-hmm. You never know; it could come. It could come. Another big change: uh, an all new mail, which yeah. I'm happy about because I I use mail. Do you really? Uh, well, I use mail now for, uh, my exchange mail at my, at the office. I, I, I use Sparrow mail for my personal mail, which is an application that basically interfaces with your Google. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But lion, you know, the, the mail and lion might make me switch back, uh, features full height messaging. So, you know, there's not a lot of wasted space for the mail. Uh, the mail list includes snippets and conversations, um, present messages from the same thread and, and in a nice timeline. It's really, really nice. Um, mail also features uh, search suggestions and search tokens. And this search token thing is cool. Uh, and I watched them demonstrate this. So let's say you have a bunch of mail, right? And I know that Cliff sent me a message. So I'll type in your name, boom, 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 right? And it shows me all the messages from you. But it places that as a token. So then I could say, okay, I want all the messages from Cliff about podcasting. So I type in podcasting. It shows those. And I said, I know he sent this to me last summer. So I can put in the date or I can put in June or, you know, I, I can do a, a, a range of searches and it'll only pull up, you know, those emails. So you can find things really, really fast with this whole new search token. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. Search inside of mail. Hmm. Imagine. <laughs> yes. I, it just, I am hard. I'm hard to impress in that area because search in Gmail has been amazing since the day Gmail was first launched. Yeah. But people who aren't used to Gmail, I still don't like Gmail's interface. Yeah. It, it took, I, I, I loathe it. Yeah. It, it took probably, it took about a month before I finally was won over. It took me just as long as it, it actually took me about as long to be won over to the, to the Mac kind of, you know, to get a good feel for how the Mac's mindset works, uh, you know, to, to switch things over till, till I got into the Mac and same thing for Gmail, but ugh, I, you're, Apple's going to have a hard time ever breaking me away from <laughs> Google. Love my Google calendar, love my Google, uh, email, and I love my Google just about everything else. Yep. I use mail and Contacts. iCal. And all and all that stuff synced to Gmail. But anyway, uh, the the next well, actually, the, that's kind of like the big things that they talked about. Yeah, uh, you know, resume, auto save, things like that. Um, but let's talk about you know they, they said over two hundred and fifty new features. You know, yada yada yada, like the new calendar and um, you know, new photo booth and stuff like that. You know, photo booth. Come on. I, I know that the kids, kids love it. Love it. I know, but seriously, I mean. Yeah. Eh, anyway. It's got some kind of tracking system in yeah, it. Yeah, it tracks your eyes and. But anyway, around. to get Mac, uh, well, to get OS X Lion, uh, you're only going to be able to get it on the Mac App Store. Yeah. Now, that's the one thing that I had heard is that the, you know, the only way you can get Lion is from the Mac App Store, which means you won't be able to buy a disc anywhere. No, you have to have Snow Leopard, which is thirty dollars. All right. So wait a second. And, and so basically, I've got to find. I've got to go buy Snow Leopard somewhere to install on my Mac Mini, and then I have to go in and um, upgrade it then to Lion. At this point, yeah. Because I think I'm still on Tiger on my Mac Mini. Yeah, you have to get the have to get Snow Leopard. I'm sure they're going to come out with some kind of. Kind of like what they did uh, last time. You know, if you had Tiger, you got like the up-to-date package, which came with Snow Leopard and, and iLife and stuff. Um, I'm sure they're going to do that. But if you if you have Snow Leopard, which I would I would think most Mac users have, at least within the last year or two, um, you go to the Mac App Store, it's $30 to upgrade to Lion. Yeah. So, and of course, this isn't going to be available until July. Mm-hmm. But yeah, next uh, month. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm, pr- I'm almost positive I'm going to upgrade because the cool thing is it's, it's only $30. And for $30, I can upgrade my 27-inch iMac, my family's 21-and-a-half-inch iMac, yep, my 11-inch yep. MacBook Air. Yep. And, of course, then I need to get my Mac Mini up to Snow Leopard. And then I'll do, at no additional charge, um, I will be able to upgrade it to 
lion. And then we have that whole airdrop back and forth kind of deal and, and a bunch of other fancy stuff. Yeah, I mean, just to put it in perspective, um, you know, $30 for every Mac that you own. That's it, $30, period. The yes. end for every Mac that you own versus a copy of Windows 7, $219. For every machine. For each machine. Yeah. <laughs> I love being an Apple user. <laughs> so, yeah, take that. But uh, yeah, so that's Lion. It's going to be awesome. Comes out and just hit the little button on your computer, sit back, relax, drink a cup of coffee, and you're good to go. Exactly. All right, so the next big things were what, iOS? iOS 5, which I am actually installing on my phone right now. Uh, How did you get that, Chris? I have friends. All right. right. I've got friends in high places. Awesome. I guess I'm bound by the DRM. But let's take a look at... It's rebooting right now. You mean the NDR? NDA, whatever. NDA, whatever. But uh, I don't know what it's doing right now. Anyway, um, it's not back up yet. I can tell you that much. Uh, Yeah, so the Scott Forstall, who I think is going to be the next master of ceremonies keynote guy if Steve ever decides to leave the company for good, um, came out and uh, he's like, you know, we are the most popular mobile OS. We've got over 200 uh, million iOS devices, that's iPhone, iPod Touch, and iPad, putting it well ahead of Android at 48% versus like 30-some-odd percent. So it comes out and says that, you know, they've, they've paid out um, developers over $2 billion. Uh, more than 18 billion apps have been downloaded. I mean, it's just staggering, you know, the amount of, of stuff, and just within three years. Right. So iOS 5 is going to be completely super awesome. In my opinion. <laughs> and uh, the first thing that they showed off, notifications. Yes. Finally. Yay! Oh, hey, my iPhone just popped up. Oh, well. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. All right, so I, I already have... That's how dedicated I am to this podcast. I see it says iPhone slide to set up on my iPhone, and I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> All right, well, here, I already have one huge beef with notifications, and I hope that I have the ability to turn it off. And that is lock screen stock ticker. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What? You don't need to see those stocks. I are you sure I can turn it off? Give me a little bit, and I'll let you know. All right, all right, because that is something that I do not want. Matter of fact, if there was one application I wish I could just delete off of my phone, and I've always wanted it gone since the day the first iPhone came out, was the stock application. I have no interest in watching stock and and doing that. And, yeah, stocks are kind of boring. Aren't yeah, they? I mean, I'm okay with their weather app, although I don't like the weather app on the iPhone. I actually prefer the weather channel. But I mean, I have no problem sliding the lock screen and seeing the weather up there. I'd r- much rather see my next few appointments, to be honest with you. I think that's only on the dropdown. Uh-huh. The one swipe, that, that's notification center, you get those. On the lock screen, you only get your push notifications. I believe. No, on the lock screen. Oh, wait. Okay. You're okay. Maybe you're right. Yeah. But notification sp- center. You've got everything, but on the lock screen, you get all of your push notifications, but they're all like super organized and pretty and stuff. Okay. Well, all I'm saying is that no matter what, I just don't want to see stocks. You know, if, I, if I'm because I'm going to use the notification center and I just don't want to be, I just don't want to have to look at them. I completely understand. But I do want to say that I love the fact that if I, you know, if I've been away from my phone for about, you know, an hour and, and I come back and it says, oh, well, look, you've got three or five different, three to five different uh, notifications here and you go to unlock your screen and boom, they're gone. And it's like, oh, what all was that, that I just missed? Exactly. And, and what's, what's great about it is that uh, let's say you got a voicemail, let's say I call you and you see that you have a voicemail from me. You can slide to listen to the voicemail right then and there. Well, that's cool, except that I use uh, Google Voice for all my voicemails, so I don't get any well, voicemails that way. Okay. I'm just saying, if you're a normal human being. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, I mean, that's, that is cool. Um, hopefully, you have to unlock the screen for that one. Yeah, well, if you've got a, a, a password or something, you'll have to put that in. Yeah. So no, that's that's cool. I like now. Will you be able to slide those notifications in Notification Center, or is that just from the lock screen that you can? Do They'll that be in Notification center. center until you remove them. Right. 
But I, I, they, he was demonstrating. I don't. I think I remember on the lock screen it was where they were showing that you can slide something and it takes you right in. But I, I guess it'll do the same thing from the notification, like the drop down, if you. Will. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you see, like, let's say, um, someone sent me a message on Twitter or something, mm-hmm. I can tap it and it'll launch Twitter. Right. Speaking of Twitter, so with notifications, the way they work, real quick, and then we'll talk about Twitter because <clears throat> that's a big deal. The way notifications work now, obviously the big blue thing pops up. It stops whatever you're doing. If you're taking a picture, doing video, uh, playing a game, you know, it pops up, interrupts you and freezes whatever you're doing. Right. The way it works now, it pops up from the top corner. Doesn't, doesn't stop what you're doing. You can look at it. If you want to go to it, you just touch it and you go to it. If not, it'll flip back over and you, you never stopped being in your application. That's awesome. It is awesome. It should have been that way from the beginning. I agree. All right. So it looks like I'm now in, but I'm restoring my phone from backup. And it says, ironically enough, I have no service. Hmm. So yeah, that's what I get for getting a beta. <laughs> if only it just I clouded right down to you, but we'll get to that. Perhaps. The next thing I want to talk about is Twitter. All right. Twitter. Twitter is baked into the iOS five. And multi-user even. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, on the settings screen, on the screenshot, you could actually see where it says add add account. Add account. Oh, snappity snap snap. Yeah. Yeah, once you sign in, sign in once in the settings and suddenly you can tweet directly from Safari, from photos, from camera, from YouTube, or maps. Well, one of the things that, I, that they didn't even go into, but they said you could tweet a photo. Okay? Yeah. Okay. But okay, so you're tweeting a photo. Where does that tweet link to? So, so Twitter's own new photo service. So is that what it is? Is that live? For iOS five, it is. Aha! See, so okay, cool. So they're so basically they are going to use Twitter service. They're not trying to use like a you know the iCloud photo stream service. No, it's uh, Twitter's own service. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, this also, is great uh, because because of course I've always loved fa- uh, Twitter more than I do Facebook, and me too. And this is this is a huge snub at um, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh yeah, and and another thing that's great about it is uh, it'll also let's say you know I, I put in my Twitter thing, I got you in my contacts, right? Yep. Goes oh, I'm sure that's the same Cliff. Hooks them up together. Yep. The only thing is 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 now when I go into your contact. It'll, instead of it showing the picture that if I turn that on, instead of showing the picture of you that I actually took of you when you were here once, um, then I'm it's going to replace it with those goofy pictures of Burt Reynolds that you sometimes put on there. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it, it might. I don't know. I'm sure it will. Yeah. Which, and by the way, what's up with that? Well, I don't want Burt Reynolds <laughs> on there now. I know you don't, but you know what I'm saying. It's, it's sometimes Burt Reynolds is cool. Sometimes, right? like in the 80s. Yeah. So deep, deep integration with Twitter. Now, the next one is probably one of the, the biggest ideas. And, and I, I, at least I think it is. You may not agree with me. And that is iMessage. I like the idea of iMessage. And I'm just wondering how it's going to be implemented and what they're going. I mean, can Stephanie have iMessage that's different than my iMessage, even though we're using the same Apple ID on most of the stuff on our phone? She's probably going to have to use an, a, your, for all your phones. You might have to get a new Apple ID. Yeah. Well, and then does that screw up her? You know, is the store going to are we still going to be able to share the same store Apple ID? That's a good question. I do not know the answer. to. These are the things. And of course, you know, we share an iPad. Um, We share, you know, the whole family shares an iPad, but we but we have five iOS devices that Mm -hmm. are either an iPhone or iPod touch. And we have five of them all using the same Apple ID. Uh, Now we can FaceTime each other, but even that, I'm still confused as to are they using a phone number or are they using an email address? How can I initiate? I think they're using email. Yeah, but it, it's still confusing. It, it's it's not very Apple-ish. Let's see. The FaceTime way is still confusing. The way it works with this, with, with iMessage, is I believe I type in an email address, right? Mm-hmm. And if it knows that you have iMessage, it'll automatically, or phone number, I I'll have to double check. I read this already and someone told me. It might be one of those things. If you have a phone number, 
let's say I, I put in your phone number or I put in your contact, right? And it knows you have iMessage, it'll flip over automatically to go through iMessage instead of the uh, SMS system. Eh. I, that's that's good. No, it's not. Why? Because I, you know, if 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 not everybody I talk to and interact with is on iMessage, I'll probably still just use SMS. And it's I, all part of the same system, though. Now, oh, it is. Oh yeah, it's the it's one app. So they're getting rid of SMS and it's being replaced with iMessage. Right, but it'll, it'll it, it can do SMS in there. Okay, so my question is this. It, 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 what they could have done to, to really blow this away is turn it into a whole text America deal where they give you like, you know, with app, with your Apple ID, you, it comes with a phone number and now you can do, you know, free text messaging. It is basically free text messaging for all, all iOS users. From iOS to iOS. How many people do you know that really doesn't have an iOS uh, Hundreds and hundreds of people. People that you text message the most. Uh, the people I text message the most, I don't know. I don't ask them. Do you? you know, am I reaching you on an no. iPhone? Most I, people I know uh, have iPhones. Yeah, I've got I've got several people who are still on and who are either on Android or Blackberries and and all that other stuff. And I yeah, I, I'll I keep my. Go ahead. Uh, I I don't want to I don't want to have to kind of keep track of a list of people who are on iOS and who are not. You won't have to. I know I won't. Ha- well, I, I I don't know. I. It doesn't matter. I, I lo- there's some features about i iMessage that actually sound cool. Like for example, the text delivery uh, receipt and the open receipt. Those are awesome. I love the fact that when somebody is typing back, you can actually see that they're typing back. So before you close the app, you can actually say, "Oh wait, I'll wait," because it looks like they did yeah. get this and they're doing it right now. This is a shot across the bow to BlackBerry, exactly. who have something called BlackBerry messaging, which apparently, I guess, for kids is super popular. Yeah. And think about it now. All the kids, you know, who would normally text message and stuff, all they need are iPod touches. And now they can do that with all their buddies and stuff. Yeah. So that's the cool thing is that um, messaging can now be done on iPod touches without the need for SMS. But still, like my, you know, what if my kids want to text message somebody from iMessage on an iPad, on an iPod touch? They still can't yeah, yeah. do that without right, right, like a right. text to America. So but- I. I, I wish they would have built in some way to actually just replace text messaging altogether and and yeah. make it to give you a number that you could give to people so that they could actually send it and it'll come into your iMessaging account. I know that it'll still come into the iMessaging app, but it's going to come in as an SMS. From, now here's like, what's over funny: your cell phone number. The the you know obviously uh, cell phone carriers make a ton of dough from yeah. Right, we pay thirty bucks a month for unlimited SMS for our family. According to John Gruber, they had no idea iMessage was coming. Yeah, I heard about that, and of course, um, you know, I, I'm not sure that this is really a. I mean, obviously, yeah, okay, it, it it's going to be a big deal for eventually, but right now, because not everybody owns an iPhone, and it, there's people are still going to keep sell their, you know, like for example, who's using text messages the most? It, it's kids at school. Right. right. And kids at school, not all the kids at school have these iPhones. And but so a bunch of them have uh, iPad. Um, well, that's true. Yeah. You got, no, here's, you got here's the thing. If, if, if my daughter's in high school and she wants to text message her friends, I'm going to get my daughter an unlimited text messaging plan. Yeah. Because you know what? Sure. Maybe nine out of 10 of her friends have an iPhone. But there's going to be four friends that she texts back, back and forth with, forth with 40 times a day, you know, and, and 40 times a day, you know, that's 80 messages to and from, and that's per day, every day for 30 days. It's like, I'll tell you what, let me just give you the 30 bucks at AT&T. <laughs> you know, it, it's just going to be cheaper. And so right. I, I think text messaging, I, I think SMS is, is a total ripoff. And and I was hoping that with this iMessaging that they could kind of just do away with that need of using SMS plans from your thing. And, and instead, instead of giving people your, your cell phone number, you only give out your iMessaging number. Right, right. Kind of like yeah. a Google Voice deal. Yeah. And, and I guess they could do that, but I doubt they will. I doubt they will as well. But it would be nice to see it. Um, here's, what, here's what I'm very 
upset about with iMessaging. And that is there's no talk of an iMac or a, a, yeah, a, a Lion version of iMessage. Yeah, it looks like right now it's only iOS. That's stupid. I mean, so now do we have iChat, FaceTime, and iMessage? I'm, what a ridiculous it's, it's true. It should, it should be all integrated. It's ridiculous. Apple is, is I think they're losing it. Yeah. When it, when it, I mean when I say that when I, when I think I say that they're losing it. I mean Apple's losing the simplicity. You know, it's it, it's like dude, we just make this easy. It just works. How many times? No, it doesn't just work. It's like no, if you want to if you want to do instant messaging with your friends from your computer, you need iChat and you can iChat to people from computer to computer, but if you want to talk to somebody on an iOS device, you need another iOS device so that you can do iMessaging uh, because you can't go from iChat to, there is no iChat application. You're just going to need, go get yourself an AIM account and then you can do AIM and then you can include it. It's like, this is not intuitive. This is not Apple. Right. And and it's crazy to have iChat. It's crazy to have iMessaging. It's crazy to have FaceTime be different. It's like, why do you have FaceTime and you have iChat, which has video built in as well? I'm like, I, I'm, <laughs> it should be iMessaging, iText messaging, iInstant messaging, and iVideo messaging. Do and away with FaceTime. I am awesome messaging. Exactly. It, it just works messaging. But this is not what that is. <laughs> just saying. I understand. I, under, I understand. Uh, I'm just giving them, give them a hard time because I got to do that sometimes. So what do you think about the new camera in iOS 5? It seems pretty cool. I like it. Um, you, can, you, can, you can do cameras right from the lock screen. I am going to take more pictures because of this. You can hit the little uh, the up get, volume button. Yeah, and it works. I mean, um, I've been told that it works. Well, um, here's here's the situation. I'm going to tell you that um, I, there are so many times I've had people take pictures of me with the iPhone, and okay. they're just they're clueless. It's like, where do I press? And they're like pressing all kinds of things on the screen, and they never hit the button because they're just not used to where it's at. So being able to just say hit the up button, or you know, just point to that top button on the on the thing. And say here, push this button when you're ready, and boom, they click that. It's just like a regular camera. That's going to be awesome. The other thing is, is I'm always digging for my camera app on the phone. It's like I got to. It's like what folder did I put that in? Mm-hmm. And and so so being able to just lock the phone, but hitting the button at the top to lock it, and then hitting the home button to wake the phone up and hit the camera button. Boom, three you know three clicks, and I'm ready to take a picture. Exactly. Um, which which doesn't seem to be on the lock screen right now. Hey, um, one thing real quick is the auto focus lock. Yes. That is awesome. Yeah. That way you can kind of get artsy with your photos and stuff too. Yeah. Cause what happens is sometimes it'll, fo- you know, it'll change the brightness based upon, you know, getting a better picture of what's in the background or a better picture of the person in the foreground. And sometimes the person in the foreground, you get it locked on the person in the foreground and then all of a sudden they move a little bit and then all of a sudden it changes it and they're too dark and the backgrounds of the way it's supposed to look. Right. And it's, it's kind of a cool the way it works. You basically, you know how you, you touch and it'll, it'll kind of do its, its lock, you know, it, it, it'll adjust and focus and stuff. Yep. If you press and hold, it'll kind of flicker twice and then it locks it. And then it locks it and then you can move it back and forth. Those people can move from left to right. Don't have to worry about any of that stuff. That exactly. is awesome. I love that. Yeah. And it seems to be super awesome. Not that I know. Not that you would know. Awesome. All right. So Apple finally brings wireless sync over the air software updates to iOS. Yeah, finally. Um, It looks like you'll be able to, to, uh, you can sync all your settings and all that kind of stuff, all your apps, music, pretty much the way this thing is going to work is you're going to sync to iCloud and both the computer and like your iTunes on your computer and on the phone are going to talk to each other mm-hmm. through iCloud. I, you have to kind of think that iCloud. We can, we, we can start talking about iCloud too on in conjunction with with iOS. It's really going to be the the is your giant sync cable now. Yeah, you know everything facilitates through it. 
So if that's the case, now I'm not sure if I understand this because is this really what's happening? Because I'm wondering if it doesn't mean I can sync with, so, so technically speaking, could I be syncing, you know, my phone, like doing it? it? Yeah, I guess it is. I can be doing my backup. I could actually be syncing from a Wi-Fi access in a hotel room. Yeah, it's got to be plugged in, though. There's a way to, to, to sync directly to iTunes. It says wireless, now if you're not using iCloud, it says wireless, wirelessly sync your iOS device to your PC or Mac over a shared Wi-Fi connection. Every time you connect your iOS device to a power supply, say overnight for charging, it automatically syncs and backs up any new content to iTunes. So you always have your movies, TV shows, home videos, and photo albums whenever you need them. You can also sync to iCloud, too, and you know your Mac will pull it down in the same way. Wait a second. So if it's if you're on the same Wi-Fi, so you still have to be home, and it, then in that case, it would be doing it over. It would be syncing to iTunes via Wi-Fi. It's not actually doing it via iCloud. It's just doing it over the network without right, the right. cable. But then you can also sync all your phone settings and stuff to, to iCloud as well. Yes, that, which is a separate. It's kind of like a. It's a, like an iCloud backup, but it's still going to sync to your your own iTunes account just like normal. Is that right? Right. Okay. And and am I right that I can have iTunes down here on my computer and iTunes on my computer upstairs for the family and it will sync those to be exactly the same? It can, yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. And of course, um, you know, we'll talk about the other music stuff in a little bit, but anyway, wireless syncing it it is it's, it's going to be cool to to see that in action. I'll be glad to see that. Yes, definitely. Uh, Of course, I'm not syncing at all anymore these days. So (laughs) Uh, let's see. So let's talk about what is there anything else on the iPhone that you wanted to talk about? Um, New Game Center is kind of coming out. There's a couple other neat features, too. You can assign uh, special vibrations Mm -hmm. to uh, to people. So like if my wife calls and I have my phone in my pocket, I can actually tap out of a pattern I want for her, like her vibration ringtone. You can oh, okay. also, yeah, you can also set up the the LED to flash if if it's like a, an important message or something. Say that again. Okay, so the, you can create what? The LED can flash. The LED, you know, like the display. No, no, no. The the LED in the back, the flash in the back. Oh, oh, really? You can set that up to to do that. Yep. That's interesting. Another thing that uh, I'm noticing here, uh, reminders is a, is a neat feature. Oh yeah, the t- the task manager. Right, right. So you set up a reminder, and uh, I'm going to read this here the way they describe it here. Dun, 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 dun. Where is it? Camera, Twitter, reminders. Okay. So it says, next time you think to yourself, don't forget to just pull out your iPhone, iPad, or iPod Touch and jot it down. Reminders lets you organize your life into do lists, complete with due dates and locations. Say you need to remember to pick up the milk during your next grocery trip. Since reminders can be location-based, based, you'll get an alert as soon as you pull into the supermarket parking lot. Reminders also work with iCal, Outlook, and iCloud, so changes you make update automatically on all devices and calendars. Awesome. It yeah. is pretty cool. So if you know that you're going to be, you know, you're going to, like, let's say, let's say I left, like, a, a, a hat at your house, right? Yep. And, and I go to your house, I can put a reminder and get your hat. And then once I get there, it'll pop up and remind me. Even if it's like eight months later. Exactly. That's awesome. Is that cool? That is cool. I, I like, th- I like that feature. Um, t- you know, tasks is again, something that should have been there for a long time. Um, real quick. Can you go into settings? If you, if you've heard, can someone go into settings and can they now assign um, different text message sounds yet? Are we able to do that? And can we have custom text message? Because there's like over 200 new updates in iOS 5, and they only showed us 10. Let's see. Uh, uh, I am checking for you. Please wait. Dun, right. dun, 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 so, so Chris is now searching online somewhere. Yeah, sounds. What did you want to know? Text message? Text messages. Yeah, because we can do custom ringtones now but we still all have to choose between the same nine or ten different text message sounds let's see there's original and well it's got i think it's got some of the same ones it did before all right does it have new ones 
It's got like Sherwood Forest and Spell. That's new. Yeah, that one's the Telegraph's old. Yeah, that's old. <laughs> so All those right. are. So I guess so. Still nothing custom. You can't. You can't put any custom one in there. Doesn't look like it, but I. Had, I haven't really added any custom ones. So. All right. And is and can you go into a contact and can you set up a custom text message tone? Like, let me check it. Even uh, let's though, see. Right, right now under sounds, uh, according to the internet, uh, you can change the ringtone, the text tone, the new voicemail tone, sent mail, new mail, calendar alerts. Uh, let me go and check with contacts with my friend here. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, because I know we can set a custom ringtone. The thing is, is all my te- I get tons of text messages, and I never get the important ones. Ravenscraft, let's see, text message, link cards, add to favorites, edits, let's see, text tone, yes you can. That's what I wanted. Okay, that's good. I don't, I don't mind so much that I'm still sharing all the same stupid tones as everybody else. It sounds like there's a couple new ones in there, but as long as I can have like a default tone, but then I can go and give Stephanie and the kids their own text tone that says, hey, listen to this one. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. You can do awesome. That is see we that now. By the way, we just broke that here. <laughs> I have I've been listening to Mac OS Ken and Mac Break Weekly. I've not heard that anywhere else. Well, there you go. We did it. All right. Um, cool thing is, is that uh, in the iOS now you can um, go into the App Store and it will uh, when you click on updates. Uh, if there, even if there's no updates in there, you'll actually see a little thing now that says purchased. And so you can click in there and it will tell you, uh, it'll give you a list of all the apps that you've purchased. And yeah, it, it does that now. It, Anybody yes, can do that. That's yeah. You don't have to wait until iOS five. This is right now. It'll now it'll tell you if you've installed it, but then it's got all the ones that you've had in the past, but maybe you've deleted off your phone. Now you can download those right from that screen. I think this is very cool. I think so too. Um, so that's good. That's in there immediately. The other thing is, is that uh, there's the ability if you go in, and this is right now as well. If you go into your phone and go to settings, and I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm going to go to settings. And then if you scroll down to where it says store, as long as you're connected to the internet, uh, there's this thing called automatic downloads where it says automatically download new purchases, including free uh, made on other devices. And I and you go in and turn music on, apps on. Of course, I don't have iBooks, so it doesn't ask me. Um, and then cellular on or off. And so that means do you want it to wait until you have Wi-Fi to do this or do you want it to go ahead and do it even over cellular? And so I have all that on. And so if I buy an application on another device with my Apple ID, it automatically pushes it down to my phone. And I had it work once, and it hasn't worked since. <laughs> but I'm sure they'll get that all worked out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I did I did purchase an iPhone app and uh and by the way, you have to have I you have to have iOS four point three point or four point three three. Right, exactly. Yeah, for for those features to work. Anyway, um, so anything else on the iPhone? There, there's more. There's a little bit more on the iPhone, but I, I think that those are the big things. I think so too. All right. So iCloud, uh, it's kind of like a you know the big syncing tool. Um, it, it's kind of like a Dropbox for all of us. Yeah, yeah, right. it is. It, it's very, very cool. Oh, sorry, I was distracted for a second. Um, sit that down. Uh, iCloud, it, yeah, it's a big like a big giant sync cable in the sky. Uh, it's uh, Automatic and effortless, iCloud seamlessly integrates into your apps so you can access all your content on all your devices, and it's free with iOS 5. Free. I love free. Uh, the only thing is is that um, there's something where you're limited to 5 gigs, but the, the, the you're, you, you have unlimited um, application do, backup. Do you, want to, do, do you want to hear something yeah. that, that, that I'm going to break right now? What? You have an ability to buy more storage. Awesome. Do we know how much? I think doesn't say. Okay. Well, the, the storage, I mean, now the thing is, is the application data is, you know, all your applications, there's no cost to back that up. 
I don't believe there's any back to back or charge to back up your actual phone settings and all that stuff. Uh, but where is what's the five? That's the documents. So it's it's kind of like your documents folder. It's your your documents filing system is where you're limited to that five. Right. Bits. Exactly. Yeah. And of course and they've, you already, could, they've already updated um all of iOS or I'm sorry all, all the iWork apps to to do it. Yep. So, and of course, if I'm not mistaken, there's going to be API so that all the other developers can can make access of that cloud uh, document folder or whatever. Yes. That's good. Um, let's see here. And then, of course, the other thing with iCloud is, well, let's see here. iTunes in the cloud, did we talk about that? No, we haven't talked about that. No, that's probably the one we should talk about the most. All right. Um, you, are you ready to go there now? Yeah. Or what about PhotoStream? PhotoStream looks really cool. Although, I, don't, I don't use it. That, well, I don't use photos that often, but we can talk about it. Well, the thing is, is what, what's exciting about this is that, you know, um, it, it's going to be awesome in, in my mind if I take a picture on my phone and I'm out and about, if it uploads it to the iCloud and automatically puts it in my iPhoto so that when I'm at my computer... It's there. The only thing is, there's nothing about video. There's no, so I think we're still going to need, I, I wonder if we're still going to need wires to transfer our videos over, or if we're on local Wi-Fi, if we can still sync those videos. That's a good question. I don't think that's been answered yet. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out. There'll be plenty more to talk about. But anyway, photo stream is cool. Um, the other thing I'm wondering about is like, okay, so again, is photo stream going to work off the same um same Apple ID. So, and, 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 and this is the, this is the one instance where I don't think that I would mind too much sharing the same ID, uh, with, um, let's see here. Uh, I'm sorry. I got a text message from Stephanie. I'm trying to figure out what it is. Um, anyway, the, the one, this is a place where I wouldn't mind sharing an Apple ID with Stephanie and having us both sync to where we both have the same pictures. So she's taking a picture of the kids out doing something. I have it on my phone automatically and vice right. versa and stuff like that. So I don't mind that. Uh, that w- that actually could be cool. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how PhotoStream works. But then again, with Megan and her photos, I'm hoping that I can set her up her own PhotoStream. Yeah, it'll be really uh, interesting to see what happens with that. A lot of things, you know, aren't, aren't even really available yet um, in iCloud. Yeah. So... Alrighty, uh, and then the other thing is with the App Store. Um, there, so I guess there was a story here. It says App Store now lets you download not available apps like Tweety One. Uh, so it says great news coming from updated App Store application featuring the new purchase tab. As noticed by our reader Nicola, you can now download, install, and run apps that are no longer in the App Store, like the original Tweety One or Instapaper Free. The apps appear in your purchase history alongside the alongside the usual description. So these are these are apps that maybe you purchased a long time ago, but they're no longer available in the store. Well, they're still in your purchase tab, and you can download them. Right, exactly. Cool. So I wonder if you can download. Uh, what was that app that everybody got? That NetShare, or whatever it was. Yeah, NetShare. I, I wonder if that's in here because I no longer use it. I can tell you. Why don't you tell us what um, iTunes in the cloud is? And sure. Uh, and I'll look at my purchase and see if NetShare is in here. With yeah, uh, it, right now you have that available to you. Um, if you download the newest version of iTunes, uh, iTunes three point ten point three point one, they just released an update to the update. Um, what it does is any music that you've bought on the iTunes Music Store is automatically available through iCloud, and that's on any iOS device. Or your iTunes. So let, let's say um, you got your phone with you and there's an album that you bought a while ago. It's not on your phone and you want to listen to it. You can go to the purchased area and download it again for free, which is cool, right? Where it gets really, really interesting is in what's called iTunes Match. Now, what iTunes Match will do is it'll look through your whole library and if it has files, that are on the iTunes Music Store that you ripped from your own CDs or got from somewhere else, it'll go ahead and let you have the ability to access those in AAC file that's a 256 kilobit. So it'll actually give you a DRM-free higher version than what's on your computer. 
Right. For but that's that's something you have it's to pay for. Twenty five bucks a year. Okay. And if if let's say like ACDC, right? It is not on any music store at all. Um, it will allow me to upload songs that I have to the service that they don't have. Right. And it's up to it's twenty thousand songs is the limit, I think, at this point. Right. And so basically, um, I'm, I'm still looking through here. Uh, so basically I can take my entire library and it's going to up, it, it's not going to upload any of them. If it has it, it they're automatically going to give me uh, a high version, high quality version of the, uh, of the, uh, song. Um, hold on. I'm getting interrupted by my daughter. Let me just go ahead and pause for a second. And we're back. <laughs> you must've just, you must've just gave her the look. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> I don't know. You were saying uh, that our train of thought was completely wrecked. Yes. Uh, so basically, it's gonna—they're gonna give me the higher quality version, even though I may have a real crummy 128 kilobit version of a of my songs. It's gonna give me a 256 AAC version. They're not gonna—I don't have to wait for it to upload. It's automatically just gonna be up there. But right. but for the songs that like that iTunes doesn't even know about th- those MP3 files, they're just going to go ahead and upload the MP3 files. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, yes. Sorry. Yes. Awesome. So that's cool, and it's going to be it's going to be twenty five bucks a year. Yeah, which to me it seems you know really cheap. It, really cheap. I, it, and the question is, is okay. So it's going to put it up on the cloud, and. If I wanted to, if I did that on my computer down here and then I went upstairs and I turned on iTunes syncing there on that computer, it would download all of those to my computer, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Including all the MP3 files that weren't there. They're going to just, it's, it's all in their servers and they're going to download it and everything. So my question is this, what if I decide next year, I don't want to go ahead and, and pay the $25? Now, obviously, my iTunes in the cloud could go away for any unpurchased music. Right. But it's still going to be on my iTunes. It's still going to be on my computer upstairs. And I'm still going to have all the 256 kilobit versions on my computer or no? The thought is that you will. This is crazy. Because they're DRM free. It's almost like you get amnesty now. I, right, and are they going to are they going to replace my lower quality versions on my local drive? Are they going to download all the those as well? Don't know about that. Yeah, it, I, I I would think that you could. Anyway, it sounds interesting. It almost sounds too good to be true, but yeah, I, I don't know. And I'm not seeing NetShare here, by the way, in my uh, purchased tab. Maybe they decided to get rid of it. I don't know. I'm, I'm still going. I've got literally hundreds and hundreds of apps, so I'm still going through. And it doesn't. I can't tell if it's actually doing it in some kind of you know alphabetical order or the date that you purchased order. Um, it doesn't appear to be in any order that I can really put my finger on. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So uh, iTunes in the in the cloud. Um, anything else with music that that sounded interesting? No, that was it. Well, an iOS is not called iPod anymore. Now it's just called music. Uh, okay, so I didn't hear what you said. Uh, you don't have an iT- an iPod app on your phone anymore. Now it's just called music. Oh, okay. So it's just called music. So, uh, but it's still going to have the podcast, though, right? Yeah. All right. Everything's the same. All right. So the question there is: is what about podcast? Is is I wonder if they're going to start syncing my podcast so that let's just say if I'm subscribed to a podcast here at my house, I wonder if it's going to upload that to my iTunes in the cloud and then push it to my phone. Good question that I do not know the answer to yet. That would be cool. That would be very cool. All right. Well, I think, do we cover just about everything? It seems impossible that we did, but I think we did. I think that's the majority of everything. I, I'm sure there there were a couple other things that they talked about that, you know, obviously we didn't talk about the whole, you know, newsstand or whatever. And, and the that's whole, because there's nothing really out for it yet. Yeah. And the read it later kind of deal, the the whole snippets of stuff. And I mean, there were, there were a bunch of other cool things. And, and of course, we'll, we'll once we have our hands on on these things and and uh, 
Some of us get them not in beta, but in the full-blown version. I guess some questions here is, when's this stuff coming out? Um, in the uh, fall, they said. Well, uh, let's see. So basically, iTunes in the cloud is here now. For the most part, yeah. Uh, everything but uh, iTunes Match, yes. Okay, so iTunes Match is in the fall? Yes. Okay, so iTunes Match is in the fall, but iTunes in the cloud is kind of here now. The iCloud is most, some of it's here now, mm-hmm. but the whole replacing the mobile me thing, which we didn't talk about that at all, but mobile me is now going to be rolled into this and, and it's going to be free. So uh, that's good. Uh, the Let's see here. But the whole, the whole iCloud, every, all that, the big stuff's going to be available in the fall. iOS 5, when is that? Is that in the fall? Yes. All right, September, so. which is right around when new hardware comes out generally. Yeah, so so new new software, iOS 5 in the fall, but uh, Lion next month in July. Yes, Lion next month in July. All right. Well, very cool. It sounds like there's a lot of exciting things happening in the world of Apple, as always. Here we are, one hour and seven minutes, in, or six minutes into this thing, so... Uh, Sorry for the extra long episode, but uh, we wanted to kind of cover as much as possible. And I'm sure that I'm way behind on your guys' voice feedback. But uh, continue to call it in, 859-795-4067. Again, 859-795-4067. And we'll get to those messages, I promise. want to remind you guys that on uh, the weekend of June 17th through the 19th, we're having our gspn.tv meetup here in the Northern Kentucky Cincinnati area. We've got at least 20 people coming out. It's going to be an awesome time. Chris Biting, I need to get you there, my friend. I know. There's tons of people that are coming in town. They want to meet you. Okay. So I'll, I'll probably be there. Awesome. So uh, just by the way, head over to gspncommunity.com, Chris. And at the top, there's a banner there. Do me a favor and just RSVP so we can know for food. Um, okay. Awesome. Bring Emily out with you. I, I would love to finally get to meet her. That would be awesome. Yeah, she's pregnant too, so you can see her being all pregnant. There you go. See? I'll, I'll, play, I'll, I'll play this out. Awesome. <laughs> well, there's still more announcements. Uh, so ba- basically, if you want to come to the meetup, we encourage you to do so. Head over to gspncommunity.com. There's a banner at the top where you can RSVP right there. It's real simple. Um, Also want to remind you guys that there is a way to shop and support gspn.tv. If you head over to gspn.tv, if you're on gspncommunity.com, it doesn't matter. Any of our websites on the right-hand side, in the sidebar, there is a big, huge button that says Amazon, shop and support. If you start any purchase, you come to our site first, click there, and then fill up your shopping cart at Amazon. It benefits us. People have started to do that, and it's a very cool way to help out. And of course, you can always support the content community of GSPN by being a Plus member. Head over to gspn.tv slash plus. Chris, where can people find you online, my friend? Especially with this brand new, baked in, totally awesome Twitter service. Where can they find you? They can find me at Biting, B-E-I-T-I-N-G. Very cool. Anything else going on that you want to tell people about? No. No? All right. Just hungry. Just come see Chris at the party Saturday, July 18th. Of course, there's a whole weekend deal happening. GSPNCommunity.com. God bless you all. Until next time, join the community. See ya.